0: WTWD Plant City WLCC Brandon Faith Talk Tampa download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey up next is Fresh Wind Radio sponsored by Love First Christian Center this program is pre-recorded
1: it's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio there are many of us that God has been
2: talking to for years, but what we continue to do is we put God off until a time as we get a little bit older, then we say, you know, I'm 20 now, by the time I get 45, my mom and dad's age, then I'll serve the Lord, right? So we put God off, and the
1: problem is, last I heard, tomorrow is not...
2: So we're about to get to our actual message. But before that, I want you to watch this commercial. It's an advertisement that played probably about 15 to 20 years ago, but it's powerful and it relates to the actual message today. Amen. So for those Marines that's in the house, that was, that was good, right? You brothers that served in the Marine, I was in the Air Force. We didn't have a commercial like that. We just aimed high, whatever that meant, right? So I'm just saying for those Marines. So the name of this message today is called A Few Good Men. So let's talk about the Marines real quick. I'm just going to go through a little synopsis. So the thing about the Marine Corps that was a lot different than the Air Force is the Marine Corps has a 13-week basic training. The Air Force has an eight-week basic training. The Marine Corps has a a little bit more of a physical demand and a physical uh, responsibility that we didn't have in the Air Force, right? Also, in the Marine Corps, they had to learn stuff like about their history and their core values of their service, which in the Marine Corps, the core value was honor, courage, and commitment, which defines how every Marine in the Marine Corps thinks, acts, and fights. Every Marine. They had to learn their purpose as a Marine. So in, every, in the Marine Corps, every Marine, if you ask them, they will tell you, I am a marksman. Last, they had to live by the term simple fidelis, which means always faithful. See, I remember when I was a kid, I was recruited by the Marine Corps. They came by the house. They, they talked to my mom. They talked to me. But my brother kind of said something to me, and I said, basic training cannot be as easy as they said it is. So I chose not to accept their hand because the Marine Corps invited me. They gave me the opportunity, they gave me their hand. They said, look, please come and join. But I chose not to join because I didn't feel I wanted to do or could do what they required of me to do. What does that have to do with the message? Our first scripture today and the message starts with this. Matthew 22 and 14 is our lead scripture. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Ask your neighbor today. Because when I say the word few good men, that means men and women. I know today is Father's Day. But when I say a few good men, God is looking for a few good soldiers. So I need you to ask your neighbor today, are you one of the few good men? So what happens is we're going to talk about a parable. I'm going to give you a little small synopsis of most of the parable. Then I talk about most of the parable. We're going to break down the parable so we can understand exactly what it's talking about. So in the parable between Matthew 22, 1 through 14, it is Jesus talking. And when Jesus is talking, he's talking about the fact that there was a king that had a son. And he was inviting people to this wedding feast. And he sent out an invitation to the wedding feast. And the first invitation that went out there fell on deaf ears. Those people heard the wedding feast and went back and did the things they were doing before because it wasn't important to them. So the king realizing that that happened, he sent them out again and said, go back out again and re-invite these same people to this wedding feast. The second time they went out, these people got a little bit aggravated and frustrated with the fact that they came back and decided to treat them badly and to execute some of them. After this, the king heard about this. He decided to send his army to destroy them that had killed his people. So what the king decided to do was he said, now, since we don't have anybody, we got everything prepared at this table, but we have no one to partake partake of it. So the king sent people out again into the wayfair, into the highways and the byways and said, invite everybody into the kingdom. And they came in. So we're going to start from here. Matthew 22, 1, it says, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parable, and he said. So Matthew 22, 1, what you have to notice is Jesus uh, is not answering what the opposers are saying to him. What Jesus is doing is he's reaching into their thoughts. He knows what they're thinking, so he's preparing or answering their questions of what they were actually thinking. The parable represents the offer of the gospel and the resistance and acceptance it meets. The gospel preparation presents a feast which a king made at the marriage of his son. Christ is the bridegroom. The church, the church is the bride. The gospel covenant is a marriage covenant between Christ and the believer. Verse 2 through 4 says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a king, a certain king. Was made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And they did, and they, they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. The gospel calls and offers are represented by the invitation to the feast. Just like the Marine Corps gave me an invitation, I chose not to accept it. See, God's guests are the children of men. None of us are excluded, but those that exclude themselves. There are many of us that God has been talking to for years. But what we continue to do is we put God off until a time as we get a little bit older. Then we say, you know, I'm 20 now. By the time I get 45, my mom and dad's age, then I'll serve the Lord, right? So we put God off. And the problem is, last I heard, tomorrow is not Some of us sitting in our 40s still sagging and bagging. And we're trying to understand, you know, because we still want to do the things we did in our 20s. And we're saying when we get 60, you know, we'd be more established that we can serve the Lord. I pray to God you make it to your. See, none of us are excluded to this invitation. God gave everybody an open invitation. Verse 4 explains the dinner prepared for the marriage. This was including a dinner. All the blessings of the new covenant, it was the pardon of sins, the favor of God, peace of of conscience, the compromise or the promises of the gospel and the comfort of God's spirit and a well-grounded hope of eternal life. These are the preparations for the feast. It was a heaven on earth right now and a heaven in heaven shortly to follow. Oh, what a promise for God. Here are the three aspects of the feast. The three aspects of the feast. It's a feast. The oxen the oxen, and fatling were killed for the occasion. It wasn't a nicety. Jesus, God prepared the best for this feast. Just like God gave us his best. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only, listen to what he said, only begotten son. Not any son. His only begotten son because he thought that we were worthy of the sacrifice. It says the feast was made of love, of reconciliation. It was made for laughter and for joy. It was made for fullness. The design of the gospel was to fill every hungry soul with good things. Number two, it was a wedding feast. The first miracle performed by Jesus Christ, we all know, was he was at the wedding and he made more wine. If you know Jesus could help them get provisions, how much more would his wedding and how much better would the provisions be at his own wedding? Number three. It's a royal wedding feast. It's a feast of kings at a marriage, not of a servant, but of a son. The provisions made for the believer in the covenant of grace is such as it becomes the king of glories to give. He gives like himself, for he gives himself a feast indeed for souls. Verse 5 and 6 says this. But they made light of it and went their way. One to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnants took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. When the guests were slacking coming to the king, coming, the king sent forth additional servants. One would think it would have been enough that the king of glory or the king invited you to dinner. But some of us don't value what the king is offering. Enough that we they decided to slay his people. They decide to slay it. In the preparation, pardon is ready. Peace is ready. Heaven, at last, is ready to receive us. But they would not come. Some of us. God is offering you everything. And everything may not be financial. Everything may be the peace that you have never had before in your life. Some of you all are looking for joy. and You're looking for it in every situation, and every circumstance. And you don't know if you just sell out to Christ, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. You ain't going to find it in no woman. You ain't going to find it in no man. You're not going to find it in no bottle. You're not going to find it in no situation, or circumstance. But the one thing I can guarantee you today, and I can stand on the word to say, is God's peace and his joy is like no other. It says here, it says, the reason sinners do not come
1: to Christ in salvation is not because they cannot.
2: they will not many believe that it's not worth showing up for not right now others do not come because they have other things they think are more important for them to do i it fascinates me that pastor tommy taught on wednesday night powerful bible lesson on wednesday night god moved on wednesday i am so fascinated that in a church like this we have so many people here the first service had a bunch of people and even the third service will have a bunch that on Wednesday night we said about a third of what's in here now how is it that the word of God is coming forth where you can learn of God and you don't you're busy you got stuff to do I just pray to God when you close your eyes God ain't busy that he ain't got something to do that he shows up for you because some of us think you know God is on our time and we're not on his listen I always say the same thing when I teach one thing I said look here a lot of y'all all all y'all want to go to heaven I was asked your show of hands who wants to go to heaven All y'all do. Listen, let me tell you what I said before. Heaven is a place of rejoicing and worship. You're going to worship God and rejoice and praise God. Listen, if you don't want to praise God here, why would you want to go to heaven and praise God? If you can't come to church now, what? You're going to not show up in heaven? Lord, I got something. In this parable, the great prosecutor of the men of God were the religious. You know how self-righteous we are? I love it. We come to church, we look so clean. We judge everybody, but we so dirty ourselves. Scribes, Pharisees, chief priests, they were two different types of class of unbelievers. Verse seven, but when the king heard thereof, he was was wroth and he sent forth his army and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. The one thing I want you to notice is the king uh, destroyed the despisers of his call, not the despisers of his call, But those who murdered his people and his servants, God sent his army in judgment. It was set the example to all that would oppose Christ and the gospel. Verse eight through 10 says, then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready. But they which are bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore to the highway and as many as you shall find bid to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they could find, both bad, good, and, and the wedding uh, was furnished with guests. Now, verse 8 through 10 talks about this. Here's the complaint of the master of the feast concerning those that were invited. See, the wedding was ready for those that were first invited. And in those days, it was talking about the Jews. Jews. The Jews were not worthy; they were utterly unworthy, and had forfeited all their privileges. They were invited to. It is not God's desires that the sinner perish, but every man choose the path chooses his own path. Now, here are three great benefits of the Jews not accepting the invitation. The three great benefits of rejecting of the gospel by the Jews was salvation came to the Gentiles. The offer of Christ to the Gentiles was first, first, unexpected, such as the surprise of a wayfaring man. Upon the road would receive an invitation to a king's son wedding. So imagine you down in uh, Palm Springs and President Trump walks up to you on the road and says, hey, my son get married. You guys are invited. The likelihood of that happening is slim to none. And some of y'all wouldn't accept the invitation. Just like I'm talking about in this message. Because you don't realize the blessing is when you get inside the door. It's all-inclusive. Everyone is welcome to the wedding feast. Jews, Samaritans, outlining, heathens, and alike, like. Making no distinction between open sinners and morally correct. All are invited to partake of the privileges of this new covenant. God does not distinguish between people. He says he has no respect of person. When Jesus said, come all that labor in Laban, heaven labor, and I will give you rest, he just said, some of y'all. He didn't say, know what, if you seek ye first your kingdom of God. He didn't say, some of y'all. The whole thing is if you seek God and you seek his understanding, he will bless you with the things you need to be blessed with. Salvation is for every person. We choose not to accept it or we choose to fake it to make it. Number 11. Make note number 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which had not a wedding garment. See, the case of the hypocrite who are in church, see, because y'all thought this message really was about the unsaved. But this is talking about the hypocrites that are in church. They're in it, but they're not of it. Is represented by the guest that had no wedding garment, one of the bad gathered at the feast. I'm sure there have been multiple. So what happens is the, teen came, the king came into the wedding feast room, and he observed, he looked out, and when he saw out, he saw one person not dressed in a wedding garment. You try to figure out how in the world could he tell? See, back in those days, what happened is when you were invited to a wedding, the king would provide you with the garment. He would give you that garment to enter, to, order, to enter in. And especially if you're coming off the street, he would have had to have supplied you with the garment. This individual chose not to wear the garment. God is inviting you in to sell off to Christ, and half y'all ain't putting it on. I ain't got time for that. I still want to live my life. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm saved. But on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, <laughs> all bets are off. There's going to be some judgment for that. The Bible said God is looking for some true worshipers. People that's going to sell out to God. And I have to be honest with you. I have not always been this way. I used to play those fields and play those games hoping that I didn't die in the middle of my sin. Right? But I thank God now I'm sold out for Christ. For God I live and for God I die. It doesn't matter. Everything, every day I wake up, I have Christ on my mind. Everything I do, I give God the honor and the glory for. I know I would not be where I am today had it not been for God. I ask God every day to walk my, to God my steps, to lead me in the right direction. So the king came in to welcome all the guests. Let this be a warning to hypocrisy in the church. So your disguise will shortly be stripped away. God knows if you are sound in your of faith. You can hide it from man, but you can't hide the truth from God. See, in here, some of y'all look so good. You act so holy. God bless you. Love you. Right? You walk out the door. Somebody trying to get in front of you. You won't let them. The one person to cut you off, you like this. Right? Right? Come on now. Hmm. We play in church. You look good. Smell good. Act good in church. But my question is, what you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? I can't tell because half of y'all don't come to church on Wednesday. We still in the church asking for volunteers to do things in the church when we all selling out to Christ. We got a plan. Pastor Jomo has put it up on the wall. We're going to build a new church. We're going to move. We're going to make other. And no one's catching. Y'all not caught the vision. But in order to catch the vision, you got to sell out to Christ. I'm not selling out to the man. I'm selling out to the vision that Christ put in the man. But you all, some of us are so busy doing the things that we're doing that it's just not important to you. This salvation thing is a serious thing. I take it very seriously. God gave it to me. I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to live it and I'm going to walk it. See, the man was not naked or in rags, but he did not have the wedding garment. Note, the man chose not to follow the king's ceremonial provisions. In the parable, if the gospel be the wedding feast, then the garment is a frame of heart. And a course of life agreeable. Life agreeable. Say that with me. Life Agreeable to the gospel. Those and only those who put on Jesus Christ are truly clothed in the wedding garments. Those and only those. It's time for us to stop playing church. The church should be in you. We no longer have to go to a man for him to go between us and God. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 1, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? And the next section says, God forbid. A lot of us want the grace to continue to abound. Do not get it twisted when it says that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all, every day, sin and come short of the glory of God. But we all don't sit around and practice repetitive sin all day thinking that I'm going to be all right with God. There's a difference. And he said as a hymn, friends, how came He asked the man, how did he come in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The king questioned the servant. He did not show anger, but a firm rebuke. How could you come in at such a time as this, unhumbled and unsanctified? To this question, the man was speechless. Then said the king to the servant, bind him him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into the utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The man is ordered to be taken away from the wedding feast. This speaks of the punishment of the lost in the other world. They shall be taken away from the king and from the kingdom and from the wedding feast. Those who walk unworthy of their Christianity. Listen to what I said. This is talking about save. Folk, those that walk unworthily of their Christianity. It's one thing to say that I'm a Christian. It's another thing to live as a Christian. Forfeit all the happiness they presumptuously lay claim to. See, hell is their destiny. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, hell does exist. A lot of us don't want to talk about Hell. We want to talk about all the blessings, and blessings are out there, but hell is a consequence. A place of extreme darkness without a spark of light or a hope in it, experiencing great sorrow, rage, and indignation. And here's our key scripture, 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called to the wedding, fe- uh, the wedding feast, but few are chosen to the wedding garment. We must take a stand as Christians, and the things that are going on in the world today we as Christians must take a stand. We have to be on watch and prayerful, not talking about the bad things, but praying about the things that we know can come to pass. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. In our government system and all the things that we think are corrupt, if we just pray to God and give it to God, God can fix everything. Instead of being distressed about the things that you're hearing, how about you lay it on the altar? Some of you are going to lose your salvation based on a man.
1: You've been listening to Fresh Wind with Dr. Jomo Cousins, senior pastor of Love First Christian Center in Tampa, Florida. If you've been blessed by the word today, you can pick up a copy of today's message or any of our other great teaching series by simply visiting our website at freshwindradio.com. All of us at Fresh Wind want to thank you for listening and for your continued support to this radio ministry.